This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Hey there, welcome to The Adam Ritz Show. I'm your host, Adam Ritz. Jay Baker on the phone with me. Jay, how are you feeling today? I am doing outstanding, Adam. I hope you are too. I am feeling great. Uh, last show we discussed uh, seasonal effectiveness disorder, where you get down and depressed because it's so cold over the winter and you know the sun sets so early, it gets so dark early, and uh, we had some tips on how to beat that last week, and uh, some of those tips are just happening on their own. Uh, I don't know if you saw, we're in the Midwest where we record this broadcast. Uh, the weather this weekend, is it'll be just the most perfect, gorgeous day of, uh, of the year. Sunshine with a high of 72 uh, on the Saturday of this weekend. Are you excited for that, is as excited for that as I am? I absolutely am, and as you <laughs> said... Just looking forward to a sunny day, let alone a day in the 70s, which is such a treat. Where we live, oftentimes we have to deal with uh, temperatures in the 20s uh, well into March. So, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be a nice uh, literal vacation. Now, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I did check my 10-day forecast. And 10 days out, the high is 33 so it's not, <laughs> yes. you know, don't get cocky. Spring is not here. Spring has not sprung. Uh, this 72-degree day we're going to have is a, is a fluke. Uh, yeah, somebody <laughs> posted, absolutely, somebody posted on Twitter, uh, we've had a couple of really nice days, and they go, would like to put some lawn furniture out. However, I know that that will bring on a blizzard, you know, so. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, and yeah. I, I've been thinking, ooh, maybe I'll go uh, swing by uh the nursery and get a couple big nice plants potted plants to put on my porch but i know as soon as i do we're gonna have five nights of freezing temperatures in a row and uh better to just wait for those especially for the plants wait until uh uh, you know that forecast is going to be in your favor for a long period of time jay i found a story uh out of florida that's really exciting um it's it's a a chair well it's not it's a business that uh, has a charity component to it it's a real legit business called Brothers Unleashed, and it's uh, three young men, uh, and I mean, they are young. Uh, Andrew is 13, Mark is 11, and Nico is only seven years old. And these three young brothers started their own business called Brothers Unleashed. They together make uh, leashes to sell to pet owners. And uh, part of their strategy is that these leashes come apart easily so you can untangle them. Because when you walk, I don't know if you've ever walked three or four dogs at a time. <laughs> you've well, seen, I haven't, but I've seen it, yeah. You've seen uh, people tripping over themselves with the dogs wrapping around them, and there's all of a sudden they become tied up in all these leashes. Uh, the dogs have crisscrossed around a, a telephone pole or a mailbox. Well, these leashes they make, like, uh, they come apart and unsnap and uh, get untangled easily. I mean, that's a pretty genius idea. And they sell oh, yeah. these. They sell the leashes, and then they give uh, a portion of the proceeds to charity. So, just this week, they've uh, given three hundred dollars to the Humane Society of Naples. And to date, 
this is a new business. They just started this. The, to date, they've given more than $1,500 to their community. Um, they're saving uh, the other part of the profit for their college uh, tuitions. So, what a cool little story with three young entrepreneurs making a difference in Naples, Florida. If you want to learn more about these guys, these uh, kids, I guess I should say, and their business, it's a simple website. The business is called Brothers Unleashed. Their website is brothersunleashed.com. So, we uh, tip our hat to all the entrepreneurs out there that find a way to raise money for uh, charities and foundations, uh, especially when they connect to the product that they're selling. So, obviously, dog leashes, uh, pet leashes, and uh, portions of those proceeds are going to humane societies and uh, uh, animal shelters uh, in the Naples area. That's pretty cool. All right, Jay, uh, this is The Adam Rich Show. You know what we do here. Let me explain to our new listeners. We cover public affairs, public service announcements, community service, foundation work, charities, health and fitness, uh, anything that can really hopefully make our lives better. We touch on it, and we try to do it with a smile uh, and a little bit of personality so we don't bore you to death. Uh, that's the pressure now is on you, Jay, to not bore at least me to death, as, in, including our listeners. So, so uh, on, on no three, pressure. go. One, two, three, <laughs> go. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that. Yeah, and speaking of which, I was actually contacted uh, by a community uh, program that's trying to promote uh, comedy. And they said, well, you seem to be a pretty funny guy. So if you could come out and see this event, that would really be good. And they don't want like regular stand-up comedy. They're just promoting a more comedic effect in this community. And I thought that sounds extra odd. But weirdly, it seems like a lot of pressure, doesn't it? It does seem like pressure. And, <laughs> you know, can you, did you ask them, can you do a little insult comedy? Am I allowed to make yeah, fun of your audience? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the names of the guys in your community that you want to have made fun of, and we'll, we'll do that. Yeah. Insult comedy, or as I like to call it, feel good. We comedy. will mercilessly, <laughs> mercilessly make fun of them until they give money. To your charity. Yes. That, that could Absolutely. Be a, this could be a whole new business for us. Hey, I, I like the idea already. Insult well, comedy uh, for charity. I like it. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to check the dot .com and see if we can get that. Check, check that and see if it's available. Well, in the health world, there are more vaping concerns. And this one, coming from a pretty impressive source, the American Journal of Preventive Medicine uh, just gave the results of their new survey and their big concern about vaping is that it can cause a spike in blood sugar and that it could eventually lead to full-blown diabetes. So, you know, the e-cigarette, if you will, has been touted as a little healthier alternative to smoking, but of interest is they're finding now that the e-cigarette vaping world has now been linked to more than 200 health issues. So their ability now to say that it's a healthy alternative is is being reduced. And I, I myself would never go after the vaping industry, but I do find it interesting that there's more and more problems that have uh, come about from this. They say that uh, vaping has now been linked to more than, oh, yeah, I just said that the 200 health issues, but it's everything from brittle bones to, 
uh, eating disorders. So it's a, it's a pretty serious thing. That is, uh, you know, when you said 200 health concerns, I was just trying to think, what could they be besides uh, lung-related? I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you're in, you're inhaling and ingesting the the vape that's that mist or the steam or whatever it is. I don't know if it, if it's smoke. I'm not that well versed or educated in what this is. I just do know it's it's got to be better than real smoke from a real cigarette. But it right. still can't be better than just clean oxygen. <laughs> right. Um, yes. Well, the initial concern obviously was, as like you said, you know, anytime that you have a chemical alternative is you have to be concerned about the chemicals. The original problem that the vape industry encountered was that many of the vapes were uh, like fruit flavored, uh, sugar based flavors. So their concern was that it would appeal to much younger consumers and Obviously, with smoking, there's a reason why in many communities you can't smoke legally until you're over the age of 18. Yeah. You know, all those flavors and specialty uh, aromas that they uh, put in the in the vapes, um, it kind of weirds me out to this degree. And I, w- I want to ask you if this has ever happened to you. So we'll be walking around in public, shopping, outdoor shopping mall, whatever, and someone near me is vaping but i don't know that yet and i smell their vape i can it's a maple vanilla smell or whatever that i like and i'm like ooh that smells good and then i turn around and see somebody 6 feet away from me exhaling their vape and i can smell it again and it's clear to me what i'm smelling and it weirds me out cuz now i realize I'm smelling and breathing in what was just inside their body. That weirds me out. I don't care how (laughs) delicious the maple vanilla smells at that point. I I realize it was inside them, and now it's in me. And it weirds weirds me out. Well, I'm with you, and I don't know what to make of it. I've never been much of a fan of smoking. I mean, I understand it, and it's – you know, it is beyond addictive. You have heard stories of people that have had a great deal of difficulty stopping smoking. Yeah. But you are right that the vaping seems to be an odd alternative. And yes, if you do smell it, you realize, well, that's been exhaled from somebody. So it's weird. <laughs> and then have you ever been in traffic and the guy in front of you rolls his window down and a huge cloud of vape comes out because vaping produces a, a kind of a uh, a lot of volume, as you said. Is it a gas? Is it? It's not really smoke, I guess. It's kind of a mist, but it's amazing the sheer amount of it in an enclosed space like a car. Yeah, it does uh, seem to be a little thicker than normal smoke. Um, <laughs> it really does. And then so, here's something that I don't know. Uh, anything about, but I I do know, and maybe this is something. If you're a parent of a teen, uh, investigate this. Um, a lot of people use their vape device to smoke marijuana, right? And I don't, you know, want to get into the legalities of marijuana. It is legal. You can do it if you're of age and in a state that it's legal. Uh, but I will say that if, uh, you know, it could be a way for for teenagers to, you know, 
uh, pull the wool over mom and dad's eyes by just saying, hey, you know what? It's better than I'm not smoking cigarettes. I'm vaping. And then in, in reality, they're actually smoking marijuana. Right. Um, well, that was a big concern uh, as well early on because of that. Uh, and, you know, like you said, you do go down kind of a slippery slope. This has been billed as an alternative to regular smoking. And as you pointed out, the legality of marijuana is a fascinating topic because from state to state to state, the marijuana regulations widely varied. You know, some states are medical use only. Some states are recreational and medical use. I mean, it's all over the board. And as you said, it could become a gateway uh, if it's not legal in your state. For sure. Yeah. Something to look for, especially if you're a parent and you know yeah. your, your children, uh, your, your teenage children are, are using a, a vape device. Just something to think about. Something to think about. Beware of scammers. We've given this message before, and we have some, I think, good advice on how to avoid being scammed. But the reason why they're telling you now is a lot of scammers are using the Ukraine crisis that we're currently engaged in to uh, scam uh Americans. So it's gotten to be a situation where people obviously want to help. In fact, uh, in my research this week, there's two or three great articles on how you can help uh, the citizens of Ukraine because they're going through a lot right now. But you have to be careful that someone is not approaching you and uh, asking for help, but the help is obviously not going to where it needs to go. Yeah, there's always disaster relief um, tragedy, catastrophe relief, uh, help these people relief, and a, a significant portion are scams. And that just breaks your heart when you think about what it kind does. of person does it take to prey upon a, a kind-hearted person to give money to a, an organization that could actually use it for good, and they're, and they're just going to use it selfish, selfishly for themselves. It really makes you sick, and it shouldn't be this way. You shouldn't have to go out of your way to make sure an organization is legitimate, but we've always encouraged uh, you to um, do some research before you give to a, an organization. Um, try not to give to an organization that contacts you. Uh, if they call you or uh, if their post shows up in your uh, social media feed or they email you before you just reply with your account number, uh, Google them. Find out who they are. Find out if they're legit. And if there's even a small question, then go find yourself uh, one of these charities or foundations that is legit. Um, and you can you can Google those lists very easily. Yeah, that's a great point. And if you are in doubt, we've recommended this website in the past. It's charitywatch.org. Charitywatch.org. You can check with them. And all these relief organizations need to have what is called a valid legal name. You can't just say, oh, it's Ukraine Relief. Well, really, what's the name of your organization? Uh, like I said, Ukraine Relief. Yeah, that's not an organization. That's just a term. So that can help you, too. And as Adam just said, be super aware on any kind of social media leak. Uh, link either on Facebook or Twitter 
because those tend to be uh, the links that go to uh, unregistered charities and probably scams. And here's another great point. If they ask you to donate in a wire transfer, gift cards, or cryptocurrencies, those tend to be scams. Correct. Yeah, we, we send us a send us two hundred dollar gift cards. Yeah, that is a scam. That is a yes. scam. Uh, if you're contacted by um, Insult Comedy for Charity, that's probably a scam too. <laughs> we don't have that name on the CharityWatch.org uh, website yet, but we're working on it. <laughs> yes, we uh, we really are attempting to help, not hurt. So yes, yeah, so when we talk about scams, don't give us any money. Trust us on that. Uh, one of the recommendations is that you pay with a credit card, and that kind of sounds counterintuitive, but credit cards are interesting because they do provide you some relief in the event that you've been scammed, and also you can check your credit card. Uh, bill and make sure that the amount that you authorized and only that amount has been taken from your credit card. Great, great advice for sure. I've had some fraud uh, claims on on credit cards uh, that I've used. Uh, it always works. And uh, had I used uh, cash, th- that money would have been gone for sure. Yeah, absolutely. The World Health Organization, or as they are known, usually by their acronym, the WHO, Uh, has uh, set new global standards for music venues and nightclubs because a number of young people enjoy concerts and enjoy clubbing, but loud music, and Adam, you're going to be surprised by this, loud music can lead to hearing loss. Uh, What? Yes. Uh, Over the years? This may be the first you've heard of it. I've always, uh, you know, been afraid about... uh... The damage that those headphones. When I was in rock radio, and you, you had your headphones on at a, at volume eleven. Uh, yeah, that I've always worried. Maybe when I'm in my eighties, I may not be able to hear because of what I did to my ears in my late teens, twenties, and early thirties. So, yes, yeah. that's uh, that's very interesting. That the, when you said global standards from the WHO um, for venues, <laughs> I thought you were absolutely going to start talking about. Um, you know, COVID restrictions or uh, that, that the restrictions were being lifted. Um, it, it is absolutely a concern, a health concern to lose your hearing. Yes. So what are they are they putting a, a limit on the number of amps you can stack on the stage? Well, I, you know, <laughs> just to give you an example, and you're absolutely right. I found it somewhat ironic because a band that I grew up with, The Who, was one of the loudest bands in concert. They always prided themselves on being very loud. So it's ironic. The Who is now setting global standards. But yes, they'd like for you to be, and they didn't give an example in here, but I kind of do know where this standard is, is they want to keep things around a medium level of 100 dB. Now, 100 dB can harm your hearing, but not like 115 or 120 dB, which a very loud concert can easily get to that amount. It's funny you mentioned The Who um, while we're talking about The Who, because Roger Daltrey, I heard this week, he didn't he just turn 78 years old? Yes. Uh, so... His hearing cannot be perfect. It just can't. 
Uh, I'm not suggesting he's deaf or has hearing loss, but uh, after all those years on stage with The Who, with Pete Townsend <laughs> behind him yes. on guitar, um, it's, it is a kind of a funny little uh, connection there that the World Health Organization, The Who, is uh, talking about hearing loss and decibels at venues and concerts when uh, the members of The Who probably don't have full hearing. No, they don't. So, yes. So, yeah, be aware of that. Uh, I have always safeguarded my hearing because, yes, both Adam and I have a rock radio background. I made the conscious decision to really be hyper aware of my hearing. So while I have other health concerns, why not? My hearing's actually pretty good. (laughs) What's the loudest uh, concert you've ever been to? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I would say the Rolling Stones. I got a chance to see them at a very large venue in the Midwest, and it was beyond loud. I uh, will tell you the loudest concerts I've ever seen, and you're going to laugh. Uh, none of our listeners know this band. Um, well, you know what? I shouldn't say that because uh, this band certainly was good enough to have some fan somewhere. Uh, but our mutual friend Edward Hazel, <laughs> yes, <laughs> was in a band called Dead Mister Sunshine, and yes. this was in the in the mid '90s. And every time I went to see them play, there were f- five guys in the band, and each one of them independently set up their sound check, and each one started at a ten volume. <laughs> and through the show, each one kept turning their instrument up louder because they felt like the other four guys were louder than they were. So by halfway through the show, you couldn't hear anything except for – it was like torture. It was like a, a James Bond torture device from a villain in a, in a James Bond movie <laughs> forcing you to listen to these five guys play music at the loudest possible decibel. And I would always tell Eddie, I'm like, you guys have to turn your stuff down. It's just so loud. I can't even enjoy it. And that's when I was 28 years old, when I liked loud music. Right. So uh, a lot of, if, you know, if you've been to a concert where there's a competition on stage between the rhythm guitarist and the lead guitarist, and they just keep turning up their amps, uh, that is when you're hearing uh, is really at risk. And that's when 80-year-old version of you is going to be cursing out 28-year-old version of you for standing there <laughs> listening to it. Absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned that because said Mr. Hazel is now the most uh, laid back soccer dad you could ever meet. So it belies, you know, this uh, rock and roll, very loud past. We'll have to so have uh, I, I, for research for the show. We Let's go have lunch with Eddie and see how his hearing is. Check his hearing. Well, you and I That's will. Do, let's, you and I whisper across the egg rolls and see if he can pick up what we're saying. I bet he can't. I bet he can't. That's funny. Hey, here's kind of a cool story. A Roostock County in Maine is training a yellow lab to be a therapy animal for people with uh, coping with traumatic stress situations, specifically at the Aroostock County courthouse they found that at the courthouse uh people face so much trauma that they feel that a companion animal uh can be great therapy 
Now, is this for uh, families of like victim crimes, or is this for um, uh, someone, a defendant that is facing a, a very stiff yeah. sentence? <laughs> well, it could be anybody if you think about it. It makes perfect sense. A courtroom setting is naturally traumatic uh, for for both parties. So, yes, the dog. Uh, could become a, a, a very helpful asset. Uh, they found out that they needed a therapy animal sort of unofficially. There was a woman that worked in the courthouse and she'd occasionally bring her dog in. And she noticed that uh, people would gravitate towards the dog. And as you said, you know, everything from a child custody hearing to some type of criminal court. I mean, any of those events can be very traumatic. Absolutely, for the family of the uh, of the victims uh, as well. And if uh, if the if a yellow lab can can help uh, during that difficult time, why not? Where is this at? It is at Aroostock County in Maine. Uh, you know, Maine has some very interesting names. Uh, I'm actually glad that I don't live in Maine. I'm sure it's beautiful, but I couldn't pronounce many of the names, so I'd be a horrible broadcaster for that state. (laughs) I'm just going to leave it as it's up in Maine. Sure. Up in Maine, the yellow yellow lab. And then, uh, you know, we had all kinds of concerns about what was it? Killer hornets and... uh, Murder. uh, Murder hornets. Murder hornets. And then we had had the uh, the big cicada issue, you know, the cicada brood 10 that that that's they'd come along. Well, now they're saying that you should brace yourself because apparently there's large invasive spiders that could spread throughout the eastern United States. Oh, that's just, that's all we need. Which <laughs> <laughs> just completes everything, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, w- through the entire country, or what did you say? The eastern. Well, United it just States. says that they uh, are going to start in the eastern oh. United States. Uh, they're called the Horo spiders. J O R O. They're hardier than thought, but no evidence that they're dangerous to humans or the ecosystem. But they just look large and scary. Spider, you know, you're t- always taught spiders are your friends. You know, they keep uh, they help sure. control the insect population. Uh, you know, they they'll put up. Uh, I hope they eat every mosquito and, and fly uh, n- in or near my house for sure. But yeah, when you see one, and if you're telling me the reports are that these are bigger and scarier than regular spiders, you just described a spider bigger and scary. They're they're scary no matter how small yeah. they are. Now they're scarier. Great. Yeah, they're kind of green and black, and uh, they're big. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, now big. you got to worry about a big old spider uh, crashing your parade. But so, you're yeah, here to tell me a, that they're not dangerous. Well, that's the claim that the National Geographic is just saying: beware that they could arrive, but they are not going to be dangerous. And importantly, they're not going to be dangerous to the ecosystem because. You know, famously, that's what happens when insects take over a region. It's They find out, like, yeah, we originally introduced this bug to eat another bug, but now the bug that we brought in is causing a whole bunch of problems. Have you uh, ever heard, and I'm going to just destroy this, this statistic. I won't get this right, and I apologize to our statisticians listening right now, but have you heard the uh, data that uh, – 
over the course of your life, if you live to be 100 years old, you will have had anywhere between 12 and 15 spiders crawl in your ear and die while you sleep? <laughs> I'd always heard that you would ingest them in your sleep because, uh, you know, you're snoring away with your mouth open like a, you know, like a goonie. But I've never, ever heard of them crawling into your well, ear you know and then expiring. Maybe that's maybe. OK, maybe I'm conflating the ear hole with uh, just every <laughs> hole in your face. So if you count your your nose, your nostrils, your mouth and your ears over the course of yeah. your life, you will accept and ingest a number of spiders that that crawl into your your head orifices and expire <laughs> as jay said so that i didn't just make that up there's some no, truth to that supposedly it happens and i've always thought to myself because i always heard that they'll they'll go into your mouth and i'm thinking what kind of spider brain would go you know this guy is laying on his side here with his mouth <laughs> wide open i think i should go take a look inside because that just seems like a good idea you know thinking as a spider and if it's one if it's one of these new uh, murder spiders you're talking about these giant green and black hairy ones talk about having a heart attack if you wake up in the middle of the night and one's getting ready to jump in your mouth uh all right i'm gonna look at I, We've really got some homework to do. I for next week's we show, do. I need to find out how many how many spiders die inside your head over the course of your lifetime. Uh, interesting stuff. Thank you, Jay Baker, uh, for the for the nightmares we're gonna have for tonight <laughs> and the rest of the week as spiders uh, take over the world. Uh, you've been listening to the Adam Rich Show. This actually uh, exact broadcast you've been listening to and all of our recent shows are listed in podcast form on our website adamritzshow.com the adam ritz show is recorded live in studio at the vibonomics worldwide headquarters learn more about the vibonomics audio out of home marketplace at vibonomics.com for information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.